0: Hello and welcome, everybody, to episode 74 of the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast. Cheers. On today's episode, we are going to dive into the NCAA transfer portal, talk about a couple big names that are in the portal and have already committed to new schools for the next season. And then we are going to discuss the MVP of the NFL that isn't a quarterback. And then we got a big episode. We got all 16 games to talk about, starting with the Thursday night football game, talking the Saturday Christmas games, Sunday and Monday. So buckle up. We have a lot of analysis, all the picks, and our pitcher bet, of course, for the games this upcoming week. Run the music. All right, everyone. I'm your host, Matt Guess, with a fresh pitcher of beer. I feel great after those terrible Tuesday night games. I don't know about my co-host. I don't think he's feeling too good about them. Matt Morris, what's up, buddy? How are you feeling?
1: I mean, I'm not happy we tied, you know. Um, I wanted us to, I wanted to continue my trend a little bit, get one more (laughs) notch in the win category. And, uh, you know, now we have two ties on the season, so that sucks. Yeah, it does. I felt like I had a little momentum and Washington just let me down, man. I expected a big game from Gibson, you know, clearly out there, the Eagles had tried to take away his gameplay. And ultimately when you're starting a guy that signed on Friday, you're fucked. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, If this is your first time tuning into the podcast every week, uh, like this episode here, Matt and I make a pitcher bet, a pitcher of beer um, on all the games going on over the weekend against the spread. We tied. All the games this week against the spread me, Matt, guess that moves my record to nine four and now two ties on the season. So I'm still up pretty good. We Got a lot of season left, though. We're going to do the playoffs. So there's more than 18 weeks. I know there's only three three weeks left in the season, but you had me, bro. I was against the ropes. I was hanging off, bleeding, sweating, almost crying and uh, got saved by the bell. Tied. Um, once I saw Garrett Gilbert was playing for Washington and Heineke and, um, I don't remember their actual backup, but they both couldn't clear protocol. I knew there was no chance. Um, Philly wasn't going to cover that nine and a half, which we ended up picking like what the Wednesday before basically almost six or seven days before the game went down when we recorded last week. So you had me, man, I was on the ropes, but, um, you know, I, I'm waiting for the season to end here, especially for fantasy before I announce that this might be the most fraudulent fantasy football season of all time with this COVID shit going on right now. It was a really, really weird week. I'm glad. I'm glad I came out eight and eight on the week. I don't know how. Well,
1: and that's the thing, right? Like when I looked at Washington, I watched a little bit of that game, you know, at least highlights because out here on the West coast, we were watching Rams and Seahawks. Yep. Both of those games weren't good games. The Rams <laughs> no. didn't perform well. The Seahawks just didn't seem to ever really get in a rhythm. Um, the Eagles, they should have blown them out, mm-hmm. you know? Like, And then for Washington to, Washington to even hang around in that game, they scored that that late touchdown, I think, in the fourth quarter to bring it within three. Then the Eagles marched down and scored again. My thoughts were just like, these teams are just not prepared for this game, right? right. I think mentally, emotionally, emotionally. Uh, I don't feel like anyone this week came out with their best football. We saw it from Green Bay. You know, maybe the Ravens, in all honesty, had the best overall football week. But it seems like a lot of these teams, the Raiders, too, the Browns, like COVID's definitely taking a toll. And I saw something today, too, J.C. Treader, um, like kind of talking about the union and the union were actually the driving force towards the postponement of the uh, Raiders and Browns, as well as the Eagles in Washington and so okay. on and so forth. The NFL was just going to cancel outright the games. And the union stepped in because I think Treader is either head of the union or he's a union rep for his, his team and his players. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't going to get paid then. It was flat out. You don't get paid. You know, if the game doesn't happen, you don't get paid. I don't really know if they were going to reschedule. I don't really know the details of that.
0: I don't think but they the... were. I think the NFL's intentions all year was if you can't hit the protocol and this yeah. happens, we're going to cancel the game and you don't get paid both teams.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, so be it with your, your win-loss record, right? right? At the end of the year, if you miss out on a game and that costs you the playoff spot, I think the NFL stance was that's your fault for having so many players. McVeigh even said it on Friday. He said, if we have to play on Sunday, we're not rostering a team. You know, we can't even promote all 12 of our practice squad guys and and step out into that field. So we knew this was coming. We knew that there would be one more COVID strike this season. I don't think we knew it would be this big. This Mm -hmm. is maybe as big as we've seen. I think we had one week last year like this or two weeks last year where it was really bad. But. I don't think anyone feels really great about themselves after this week, you know, coming into this weekend, as you said, like we had two games yesterday, we have a game tomorrow. This will be another kind of wash up week. After it's out, as you had just mentioned off air with COVID, I'm sure there will be more bodies to fall. And thankfully we have three weeks left. Hopefully by the time playoffs hit people all have either, you know, been immunized quote unquote, or have it (laughs) gotten it. And as someone that has had COVID, you now have had COVID like, Mm -hmm. You're almost thankful. You're like, all right, I'm good for probably three to six months guaranteed. Right. right. Like, Rogers is a perfect example of that. Not vaccinated, but he's had COVID. So, you know, thankfully for the green Bay Packers, they don't have to worry about it. Any of these other teams where they even have vaccinated players, I'd be worried, man. For you know, sure. Like, this is not the time. I mean, you look want at to the be chiefs.
0: Thinking, yeah. Chiefs are absolutely. falling apart right now. Kelsey Hill. Kelsey's out. Yeah. Uh, buckers out 10 days. Cause he's unvaccinated. Like, that's, that's no joke. And, uh, I think the other reason things are, you know, weird, crazy, however you want to, you know, phrase it yourself is now they've increased the testing. They've changed protocols. They're back to, you know, how things were last year, basically, and humans and especially professional athletes. Now your routine has officially been changed. Now you're every day what you're doing, you know, pre post practice is is different and as a human it's going to mess you up and obviously playing a game tuesday night um for some of these teams knowing they got to turn around play saturday or sunday um it's going to be detrimental to their team and uh you know there's more positives every day um i don't know you know i'm glad that i'm glad the nfl pa figured that out because it isn't the eagles fault that washington had an outbreak and their players don't get paid either and i'm pretty sure The home team has to pay back some of the profits lost from the games being canceled. It it was kind of fucked up, the rules. So I'm glad they got the games in, even though they were terrible. Well, yeah, and
1: that's the NFL just trying to, you know, have their big stick of authority, put fear into every Mm. team preseason so that they don't have an outbreak. And it's like, it's not that simple, first off. (laughs) Right. Uh, Coming from a person that had his entire staff decimated. When you're around people and one person gets it, it's going to happen. Yeah, And I saw too that this week they are now changing testing protocol to be a lot lighter because mm-hmm. from my understanding, the NFL is hoping that they don't run into this issue moving forward. So it's like, okay, when it, when it benefited us to be strict, we were strict. Now that it's no longer benefiting our pockets, we're going to strip away some of the pieces in play to make it easier for players to, as one of the reporters said straight up, High that they have COVID, right? You know, right? And I understand that. Like, I have New Year's Eve coming up. If I were to get COVID next week, I'm not telling a goddamn soul. I'm not missing out on three to five thousand dollars because. I got COVID. That's where we're at. We're especially asymptomatic.
0: That's the thing that you're missing too, is like guys Um. have it in quotes here. Right. And it's kind of the NFL is turning into, you know, your parent when you're in high school and your mom and dad knows that you're smoking pot, but it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. If you're stoned and I can't tell or smell you, like, I guess you get away with it. Right. If you have COVID, you don't show symptoms. You're not getting tested. You know, you could be playing with COVID, but doesn't matter because you know the game will go on we will the show must go on um that's what it reminded me of you know you as a parent well i'm not a parent yet but knowing you know i'm a little stoned today my mom maybe knows maybe doesn't know but she's not going to call me out today so we move on right we're not going to have the issue we're not going to get into it today
1: yeah well and that i think the biggest concern with that is especially on the football team we're football field we just talked about it yep you know what does that mean for your quarterback or your starting (laughs) running back or your left tackle or your middle linebacker the the guy that actually then contracts it himself too because you have a player playing right next to him that's positive Mm -hmm. and he now goes through more severe symptoms right you know he has the fatigue he physically can't get onto the field because He can't play a snap without wanting to take a nap.
0: Right. And I think we're going to see more of that. And
1: that itself may affect the playoffs
0: for sure. And I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the PA and the league has kind of thrown health and safety out the window, you know, regardless of how they want to frame it, talk about it, tell us in the general public, right. And all their reporters and beat writers, um, you guys aren't part putting safety first anymore. You're putting the league, yeah. the shield, the money. And, and it is what it is, right? Like, they have every right to do it. The NBA is the total opposite. And I know you don't pay um, as much attention to the oso- association as I do. Um, but that league's fucked right now. They're, Christmas, The Christmas games are going to be horrible. Nobody's going to be playing. And by nobody, I mean none of the starters are superstars that you like to see on Christmas it's really bad because it's the total opposite. They're just going to keep testing because that's what they agreed to, which is probably the ethical, humane thing to do. But the NFL is just like, fuck it. And it is what it is. They agreed upon it. So the show must go on. Well, Texas A&M today pulled out of their bowl game. Saw that. They flat out said we don't have enough players, you
1: know, and um, NHL just did their mid-season yeah, they're postponement, right? Yep. NBA said they're not. Uh, Silver said he's not at the moment thinking about putting a pause to the season. It's just us reliving history, and again, <laughs> yeah. like this was going to happen. People are going to get sick at this time of the year. Hundred percent.
0: It's sad. It is sad. You know what else is sad? The transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I don't know if it's sad. Um, it's. The the way I feel about it, and, and I'll read to our listeners that don't know much about the transfer portal um, and why we're bringing it up today, because there's a couple of big names, uh, quarterbacks in the NCAA that are moving on from big universities to other big ones um, that will, you know, pretty much impact this college football season coming up. But the transfer portal allows a division one athlete, and in this case, college football player, to transfer from their D1 school to another school with zero punishment nor suspension. Um, Why that's a big deal? In the past, if you wanted to transfer from USC to UCLA, right, sake of example, you would have to sit out that next year and wait. That was part of the transfer policy. They have now changed that to you can transfer and play next year. As long as you as the athlete were at a college, a D1 institution, were still academically eligible, and in quote-unquote writing, still had zero communication with the school that you are going to be transferring to until you've been accepted into the portal. So no tampering in the way that the NBA goes about saying, you know, tampering with stuff in the offseason. So, that has become a massive topic of discussion. There are hundreds upon hundreds of athletes in this portal that will now be moving to another school for a multitude of reasons, but in my opinion, this is the everyone gets a trophy. If I didn't play this year, I I'm going to just going to leave and go somewhere else even though I decided to go to that team that I couldn't make a spot on.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's one big thing about this that I like, and it's the simple fact that a, a college coach at any given time has the right to say, I'm out. Okay. Right? We just saw that at Oklahoma. Riley said, hey, USC is a better job. Notre I'm Dame, ready. too. I've, yep. I've, Notre Dame, I've proven all I can prove here. I'm I'm moving on. Okay. And I think Spencer Rattler is a really good you know, example of this. Had a bad season. He was the number one positional rank of 2019, a five-star recruit, 11th yep. in the nation. Yep. He, he, coming into the season, was being talked about possible Heisman hype, possible top 10 draft pick. He flat out got beat out by Williams. And, you know, Spencer's probably transferring whether Riley leaves or not. Let's be honest, right? Right. I mean, it's not his job anymore. Uh, But I also think with that being said as well, if you do lose your job and South Carolina, you know, quote, unquote, has no communication, but promises <laughs> you under the rug that right. you're going to come and start for us, um, no questions asked, he should have a right to come back and save ultimately, which is an NFL career. I mean, you're talking about top 10 draft pick, right? Probably 35 to $40 million over the right. course of a five-year rookie deal to say he comes out, he's probably third rounder, fourth rounder, if that, you know, yeah. like if if that, so you're talking about $30 million in lost earnings. He, he deserves to have the right to come to South Carolina next year, rebuild his draft stock, prove to the country that, hey, I was I just had a bad year. I was in a bad position, you know, yep. and move on. Same thing for some of these running backs. And I think quarterback position, running back position is is very similar in the fact that these big schools bring in three, four guys a year. And you, there's a kid coming out from, uh, let's see here, LSU or TCU, excuse me, Zach Evans, number two ranked positionally in the 2020 class. He was a five-star recruit he's going to be leaving TCU. He looks like he stopped off at Tennessee to make a visit in old Miss. So Lane Kiffin might be getting a, a number 2 positional report. TCU's and-
0: coach also um, took a big job in the SEC somewhere I Perfect. I forgot. Example. I can't remember exactly where he's going.
1: I I I don't think these kids should be punished for the, for you know for a coach leaving. I had a cousin years ago that uh, agreed to go to Michigan on basketball scholarship, really good at AC, uh, what is it? The AAU tournaments and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Went to Michigan within two months, his coach was gone. He ended up you know, burning out of college because the whole idea was I'm going there to play for this guy. He has given me a guarantee that my role will increase sophomore, junior year. I'll be right, right. in the starting rotation. Basketball now is a little different, obviously, but it's, it's also not like once your coach leaves, the new guy coming in usually wants his own guys, has his own system. Right. Maybe you don't fit that system. So, I think some of these big names are making the right decision. The only one I really don't like is Quinn Ertz here, mm-hmm. um, leaving uh, you know, Ohio State to go to Texas. He shouldn't have ever gone to Ohio State, you know. <laughs> like look at the kids that they have in front of him. So now he gets to walk away from that commitment, you know, leaving high school early and gets to probably go start at Texas, which should have been the, the plan all along.
0: Yeah. And um you, you've you've convinced me a little bit to the right side there right your coach leaves that's who you went there to play for and right the system that's the bigger thing if the coach matters yes but it's the system you're 100 right what are you going to yeah. do if you are a, a running back at a school that is run heavy option heavy and they bring in a guy who's west coast gonna air it out and you know obviously your draft stock stats will be impacted I agree with that. But the Quinnerts, yes, 100%. Fuck that. That's what pisses me off. You're a 17-year-old kid. You think you're so fucking good that you leave high school early, which I respect that. Go for it. Go get your money. Get your NIL de- deal and you know go play at Ohio State. Oh, you go there and not only get beat out, but get beat out by a kid who I think he finished second or third in the Heisman. And he's the same age as or whatever. He's a year older because all those kids get held back, which is another story for another time. But you went to Ohio state dude. So you automatically signed up to play against and with the best competition in the world in the count. Yeah. In the world. And the you world, got yeah. beat out and you can't handle that. You know how I think you get better is you sit there You try, you go for it, and you win the job over. You know, this is different than Joe Burrow, because I know I've seen online, well, Joe left um, Ohio State. Joe was fucking bullied by that piece of shit, Urban Meyer. If you look at the stories, he was in practice, not with a red jersey. Urban Meyer hated him and let him get beat up in practice, which thus led to him transferring to LSU. The rest is history, right? This is from all my understanding and what I've looked into um, going into this podcast today. This is just a kid pissed off that he's not playing and got beat out. And guess what? CJ Stroud is the right guy there right? They had a great season. Yeah. They lost to Michigan. Big whoop. Michigan has the number one overall draft pick on their team. They had a good year. They're a better team this year. It happens, right? Um, that's what I don't like about the transfer portal. You have every opportunity to choose a team that you can go play at. And if you're going to go to Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, these blue bloods that we talk about all the time here, um, you're going to play against the best guys in the country. And guess what? The next year, they're going to bring the best guy in to play against you and compete for your job. So if you're not ready for that, fuck off and don't go there. Well, and I think a good
1: example of that is look what happened with Williams and Rattler in Oklahoma. Right. I think Williams is a freshman, if I'm correct, either that or he's a true freshman. I'd have to look into it more. Yeah. Um, But he beat him out flat out. Right. Rattler struggled and lost faith with Riley. And Riley said, Hey, I'm going to pull the string before we start losing games. Right. Because ultimately our goal this season is to win a championship and be in championship contention. Now I also saw a story regarding Quinn Ertz, um, Arch Manning, I guess, was really looking heavily at, uh, Texas and obviously the Manning family, they're not going to make a bad decision wherever <laughs> they send the, you know, right. the young Manning, the next of air, um, he's going to go and he's going to be in a position to be successful. But it was interesting hearing Arch's comments. He talked he was asked about Quinn being transferred to uh, Texas and he just said, Hey, you know, like that doesn't change any of my plans. My plans right. are to go to the school I want to go to. If that means I have to sit out one or two years because someone in front of me has earned the job and is and is talented and leading the team that means my my time will come. Okay. right? Like and I and I think that's kind of um, a, a misconcept between a lot of these young college quarterbacks. They think I'm stepping in day 1 as a freshman. Right. Well, how many freshman quarterbacks outside of the last 2 years have really succeeded as a freshman, you know? I mean, you think back to our 28, 29 years, it's very rare that a freshman quarterback comes in and just flourishes. Right. These kids nowadays are athletic, they're you know, they're college ready coming out of high school, so we've seen more success. But the old school approach was, you're going to sit. I'm okay with Burrow transferring because he was there for four years right, and then decided to right. transfer, right? He he does, he earned his his opportunity. Like, what are you going to do? Fifth year, senior? You're just going to say, well, I'm not starting this year. Like, there goes my NFL dreams. Like, I'm, right. I'm okay with this. So I think the transfer protocol has a lot of benefits. I do think Quinn Ertz took advantage of it. And I also think that massive, um, was it NIT deal? Whatever, NIL. NIL deal he signed with the Ohio state car dealership for like $1.2 million.
0: Yeah. That had a lot to do with it.
1: Yeah. And like, (laughs) ultimately like now that these NIL deals are in place, we're going to see more and more of this through the years. We're going to see less and less guys that are like, Hey, I'm okay. sitting two years, you know? And that's kind of sad. But again, we had Bryce young come out and play out, out of his mind. You had Strout for uh, Ohio state. Like you had some freshmen, some redshirt freshmen this year perform extremely well. Yep. We'll see what happens with Ertz next year, where he, I guess, technically should be a true freshman next year, actually entering his sophomore season.
0: A 100%, dude. And and this actually, the root of the issue is Pop Warner in high school, because it all starts there. You know, I I grew up in, I was fortunate to grow up in Southern California. There's some of the best football programs on the planet there um high school football programs and you see it all the fucking time these kids will repeat 7th grade, repeat 8th grade, 6th grade middle school basically to get an advantage they have they'll be able to be eligible their senior year at 19, you know, 18 and a half years old. So they obviously have an advantage and say, you know, freshman sophomore year of high school they're not playing, well, you just can go transfer to the other, you know, really good football school somewhere else in Socal. You know, no problem. So it starts young that if you don't get your way, that you don't want to battle adversity. That's where it starts. And now the NCAA is encouraging that as well with the players using your excuse, right? Which I do agree with. I don't disagree with you at all that you should be able to leave if your coach leaves. Sure, I I agree with that. But the I'm not playing the I'm not getting what I want is the issue with it. And I think I'd say way more than a majority of the time. That's why the kid leaves. They're not going to sit there and stick their nose in there. And that's why the Mannings are who they are. And I personally am more on the line on the train of thought of what Arch said. Hey, if I get beat out, I'm going to go out there and try and beat him. I'm not going to leave the school. I'm not going to blame anyone else. I'm going to get better. Because what happens when you go to the NFL? Spencer Rattler is not going to make it. I'm just going to be straight up right now. And that's no disrespect to the kid as a person. It's just that mentality to not dive back in and say, I'm going to go beat Caleb Williams out next year. Fuck this. I'm going to get better this off season and prove that I deserve that spot. You're done. You're done. None of the good quarterbacks in the NFL didn't have adversity. Look at Rodgers. Rogers community college got passed up in the draft, went to Cal, right? You know, not the best school on the planet. Tom Brady. We don't really need to talk about his story. He obviously got passed up, right? You start going down the line of these elite quarterbacks outside of the Peyton Mannings, right? Um, You know, you go back a little farther. Troy Aikman, you know, he was a pretty big recruit, Elway. But, um, you know, a lot of these guys overcame adversity. And if you want to make the NFL, that's what you're going to have to do. And that's why I'm not a big fan of this transfer portal because it gives them the excuse to cop out.
1: Well and now you also have to remember though before the rule this new rule came into effect where you know it's now allowing players to transfer with no year of sitting out. Right. We did have Russell Wilson. Right. Who took advantage of the 5th year senior option where if you transfer schools Adversity. for graduate programs yep. you can also not, you know, lose a year of eligibility or, or just have to sit out, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Russell came over to Wisconsin, he flourished, you know, earned himself a third round draft pick. He was at NC State. He had broken a lot of the NC State records, right? But he he clearly decided, hey, I have the opportunity to go from a fifth or a sixth round pick playing at NC State to, you know, is it is it Nebraska? Is it Wisconsin? Like what school's gonna take me? Right. And he took advantage of it. So did Burrow, right? So I think there are absolutely times I just don't, again, like to see freshmen, sophomores that are to your point, like, hey, CJ Stroud, I'm not winning this job and i made a catastrophic mistake by coming here so i think it goes both ways like quinn ertz is going to kind of be the guy the poster child for greed for a while if he goes to texas next year and he absolutely lights this nation up everyone's going to be saying he deserved a transfer because he we would not be seeing his greatness if he were still at ohio state he would be stuck behind cj stroud how do you bench a guy That lost two games in a season right like so i I think there's a lot to it but i i definitely see your point
0: cool yep absolutely man um moving on so moving to the nfl pretty good topic here we we talked a lot about this off air before we recorded our last podcast um something we're both pretty passionate about let's be honest the nfl mvp award is an it's a quarterback award for the most part And rightfully so, because if you define the word value in sports, it's the quarterback position, especially in football, man. Like, it's pretty hard to deny that all the best teams have the best quarterbacks, right? There's a few in between there that don't. And we'll talk about those players. Obviously, that's the whole point of this segment. And Rodgers or Brady is most likely going to win the MVP. It is what it is, right? So what we want to do is talk about the best players that aren't quarterbacks that we would give the MVP to. So I have my top three. I would love for you to go first because I know your number one is different than mine, but list the top three guys that you think fall into that category. And then tell me why you're choosing um, your number one, dude. Okay. Okay. So
1: my number one guy is Jonathan Taylor. It is no questions asked. I think what he's done for the Colts, I think he's what he's doing to the league. Uh, He's leading the league in rushing, rushing touchdowns, everything, right? Right. Now, again, Derrick Henry's out. Uh, That was my preseason MVP choice. I did think a running back could win it this year. But I think you look at the Colts without Jonathan Taylor, you're talking about two, three, four losses more than they have. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, for me, the build of what's an MVP is a guy that continues to make your team better every single week and that's why the quarterbacks win it right where are the packers without Rodgers? where you know where are the colts without taylor so jonathan's definitely my number one mvp candidate outside the quarterback class um secondary it's going to be two wide receivers and before i get to the names i just want to bring up steve smith for the uh, panthers years ago he was the last player to win the wide receiver triple crown right (laughs) uh cooper cup is on pace to do that this season but when you have a wide receiver that is far and away outperforming the quarterback play, if you think about Steve Smith, he had Jake DeLome throwing to him. Right. Jake DeLome, if you don't remember, was not good. He was okay. <laughs> he was like, all right. They went to the Super was, Bowl. Yeah, Yes, but he yeah. was he was subpar, right? right. I mean, he, he may, may be a little better than Sam Darnold, if, if possibly. Um, and Steve Smith absolutely utilized his athletic ability and, and played on that field above his competition level. So I think Debo Samuel at my number two is doing similar things. You know, he's got Garoppolo throwing him the ball, but he's also running the ball. He's rushing the football. You're talking about a guy that's literally a Swiss, a Swiss army knife out there opening up the field. And what's crazy for San Francisco is they're only using him when they absolutely need him. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause they're trying to keep him healthy. You know, if you're second and 10 at the nine, nine, 10 yard line, he runs in for a touchdown. Right. Third and 17, you throw it to Debo, he gets a first down. I mean, he's just out there performing at an, an unbelievable level. And then thirdly, Cooper Cup, who I think has had a better season than Debo. Um, you know, we think we both share the perspective that his production is based solely on volume alone. He is very talented, but he's getting 15 targets a game. Like when you can stay healthy and get 15 targets a game, you should be putting up numbers. Yep. But with the fact that he's also going to win probably that wide receiver triple crown. You're talking about a guy that's very, very, very valuable, but I do think the Rams would be okay without cup. I do not think the Niners would be okay without Debo, and I do not think the Colts would be okay without Jonathan.
0: Yeah. Um, So I have the same three guys as you different order though. And I actually completely disagree with you when it comes to the wide receiver uh, with cup not being as valuable. Um, I have cup as my number one as of and last night solidified it for me honestly i was back and forth between him and taylor taylor's kind of the obvious pick pick for this segment um just based on the body of work but i really dove into cooper cup last night and you know he had a phenomenal game against the seahawks who that's a whole nother discussion of why the how are you not guarding this dude i just i don't get it i don't know if it's scheme i don't know if it's him regardless he's going off um, I think Cup's number one. I think Taylor's two, and I and I love Debo. We, you know, this is a big Debo show. Um, I think Debo's three. But Cooper Cup is looking to set a record in the NFL for most catches, yards, touchdowns in a season. If you do the math, Matt, and I did on my calculator, obviously, not in my brain. <laughs> um, Cooper Cup makes up 39% of Matt Stafford's yards. And then I even went back last night and uh Pulled the tape, pulled the numbers on last season. And if you remember, Cup got hurt and they didn't have him in the playoffs. And I know they didn't have Stafford last year, but the team offensively took a significant dip once Cup was gone. And I think the same thing would happen this year. I know losing Robert Woods was huge for them and obviously would uptick Cup's numbers, but he's been playing great all season. Um, 1,600 yards, over 120 catches, breaking the Rams record for the most catches in a season 15 weeks you can't even say it was because the extra game right um i also think that matt stafford would not be performing close to the level that he's at without cooper if you watch the rams games and if you see stafford what he does is run everything through cup without cup i think stafford struggles significantly I like Stafford he's a great quarterback but I think his value is second to none he returns punts for them he scores all their touchdowns and he he's an extension of their run game similar to Debo which is why his value is off the charts Cup doesn't catch the ball or excuse me run the ball but what he does is he he does catch a lot of balls right at the line of scrimmage that's my big gripe with him and I think overall too like you know just because I think Cup's the most valuable guy I still don't think he's a top Two receiver. I think he's three. And that's another topic for another time. I don't think he's the best receiver in the league. He's just having the most valuable season by far. And he's dominating every statistical category. And it just can't be ignored. I personally think in the MVP conversation, it should be Rodgers, Brady, Cup, Taylor. I think it should go right there. On the books, you got Mahomes. You've got um, some other quarterbacks up there even before Taylor, which that to me doesn't make sense. Mahomes is not the MVP of his team this year. It's the defense. If you watch the Chiefs, you got to ignore the numbers. They, they don't look good offensively, even against San Diego or whatever, the Chargers. We talked about it last pod. Um, I just think what Cup's doing is historic. And I think any time you have a historic season, what Taylor is doing is historic. And any time you have a historic season, you need to give these guys MVP consideration because no matter what happens next year, the year after, this year their teams are not where they're at without those guys. I think if the Rams don't have Cup, they're not even close to 10 wins this year.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think my big perception with Cup is I'm looking at it like if Woods was healthy, If they still had OBJ, because we talked about this a few weeks ago, you take cup out of that offense. I fully expect OBJ to step into that role right now. I don't think he's going to be as good as cup. I don't think he's going to be able to catch 12, 13 balls a game. Like what cup and Stafford have reminds me a lot of what Stafford and Megatron had, right? Again, cup is not Calvin Johnson, but Stafford, when he played in Detroit and had Calvin Johnson, It was every single ball thrown. It was, I'm looking for Calvin Johnson, right? Right. That's when Matt Stafford was still, hey, this guy could be a generational talent. Obviously, Johnson leaves. We start to see what Matthew Stafford really is, right? Playing with a bunch of guys that he doesn't fully trust, don't have the athletic ability he's used to. He took a step backwards. Right. So, you know, interject cup into the offense, him now with the Rams. I do think that cup is... Absolutely having a great season. I just think the pieces around Stafford could elevate that team to still performing well, as opposed to, we've talked about this many times, without Debo Samuel, what does that 49ers team look like? We've seen it. It's not great. And now given, Mitchell's been out, right? You know, Trey Sermon has not lived up to expectation. Brandon Ayuk has his up and down weeks. I look at Debo similar to Rodgers, where it's like, man, it's not a bad team, but you take away that one piece the record's not nearly the same. And uh I don't know. We are going to we're going we're gonna to have a different of opinion here on cuff but <laughs> Yeah. I I do strongly believe Jonathan Taylor is my number one. But again, we're going to have to see. We got 3 weeks yep, left. For you sure. Know what I mean, like Taylor can't get hurt and he's got to continue to pound that football. Um I don't think Taylor has the ability to break the all-time rushing record this year. No chance. To, no. I think put up 180 a game for the next 3 games to come close and that's I mean it's possible, but it's also why would you ride that guy that much if you're winning games, right? Yeah. You need him in the playoffs much like the Titans need Henry. Right. And that's kind of what sucks for the running back position is at the end of the year if you've got big leads, you know, that MVP conversation kind of goes away as opposed to cup like they needed him last night that was i was a dogfight fight against seattle which shouldn't have been <laughs> and he's going to continue to get those 10 to 12 receptions
0: each game for sure and fortunately for both guys and for this argument like they're both playing meaningful meaningful games the last three games right we've got yep. indianapolis playing arizona christmas night like that's a fucking big big game um the rams play the vikings we're going to get into our picks here right now but the rams play the vikings you know you know not a huge game, but matters to the Vikings. The Vikings season's over if they lose. Um, yep. And then on top of that, the Rams play the Ravens, and then they play the Niners with our boy Debo, right? And then you look at Debo too, right? They, I think this is why they're the obvious three um, as far as position players go is, you know, they got a big game this week against the Titans who need to win, and then they get a layup against the Texans, but it's going to come down to that Rams-Niners game at the end of the season. You'd know it is, not for the division, but for seeding, for momentum, for everything, right? Those teams are going to bang each other all game. Like, is Debo going to be healthy? You know, that's his big knock. That's Cooper Cup's big knock. And he hasn't been hurt yet this year. And I don't want him to. I don't want either one of them. And we'll see how it goes because, you know, all three of these teams need those guys. And I think the public, the media, and that's why we wanted to do this. They need to give these guys more credit. You know, I think it's drawn out. Brady versus Rodgers. I think we all know the the fucking Packers. Just go pull up the Chiefs game, right? Pull it up. You know he's the most valuable guy in the league. He's the best player in football. It's not an argument. I, I don't think well, it's an argument. Rodgers is the best player look at, in football.
1: Look at the game against the Saints this past week, Yay. right? If Rodgers were to have a dud like that, you couldn't say he's MVP. You right. just couldn't. Because for the simple fact that he's supposed to be the best player, On the and planet. the best player could not find a way to score. Right. And we talked about it kind of at length, you know, the wide receiver core goes completely out for Brady, right? You're left with Gronk and basically, you know, Scotty Miller. Well, hey, Rogers would have found a way to at least put up three points. Right. So that's sad. So I want to ask you one question before we move on to our picks here. Uh, You get, you're a GM, you get the choice right now. You're going to take Debo Samuel for this next upcoming season. We're not looking future contracts, any of that shit. You got a choice between Debo and Cooper cup. Who are you choosing?
0: Just with a trash team. Do I have a quarterback? How does that work? Just, just in general,
1: you're going to be a middle of the road team. You're going to say you're the Browns.
0: Yeah. Um, you know what, honestly I I probably would take Debo and it's not, it has nothing to do with the skill. I think it's the versatility, right? Uh, you know, I will give you that. There is that, you know, cup is a product of the system cup has a better quarterback cup is definitely the better receiver route runner probably catcher of the football but it's the versatility that debo brings so i'd go debo for that question sure i'd probably take debo over cooper cup if i had a bad rebuilding team that i needed to go out there and get some wins and have a weapon um i think Debo's more valuable in that aspect for that question
1: yeah, no, I, f- I fully agree with you. And then the counter argument is if you're a good team, I'm taking cup all day. Right. It's not a question, right. you know, like you put cup on green Bay, you put cup uh, on the 49ers himself or like, as long as he's got someone moderately competent throwing him the ball, all you got to do is look his way. So, <laughs> for sure. I think both players, it's been exciting to watch them this season. They both have their own, you know, their own skill set because the volume isn't there for Debo because he will get hurt. 100%. You know, like yeah. if the volume were similar to Cooper Cup, we'd be talking about a guaranteed slam dunk MVP. Samuel would be going into like 1,300 right, yards right. running and catching the ball. Um, but he, that's not him, right? Like some guys are injury prone. Debo is, you got to protect him.
0: He is. It is. And so is Cooper. And I think they've done a great Mm -hmm. job this year of, um, limiting the type of plays that would put him at risk. So, um, excited. I'm so excited for that week 18 game. I hope it really comes down. I hope both teams win their next two. Um, and it's, you know, for everything it's for the playoffs, right? That's, that's what Mm -hmm. we can ask for as football fans. Let's get to our pitcher bet. Let's get into these games. We've got 16 games to go through. It's going to be a lot here, um, including this Thursday night game. So once again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast what Matt and I do, we talk about every game going on and then, you know, we know our shit, so we can't just pick the winners and we're not going to come to a fun pitcher bet just picking. So we pick everything against the spread. If you don't know what that means, Vegas puts a line on every single game. So, for example, the first game Thursday night Uh, The Niners play Tennessee. Vegas thinks the Niners will win this game by three. So that's how we pick. Do the Niners win by three or does Tennessee win? Do they lose by less? That's how we're going to pick. We're going to do everything against the spread. Um, So let's dive right into it. We're just talking about Debo Samuel. We're just talking about the Niners. They play Thursday night, short week. As far as I'm concerned, we're uh, recording this on Wednesday, uh, the day before the game. There isn't COVID issues with either one of these teams. The game is in Tennessee. Um, No injuries that I've seen thus far throughout recording this and um, researching the past couple days. So three points, San Francisco. Uh, The Niners are eight and six on the season, four and three on the road against the spread. The Titans nine and five on the season, four and three at home against the spread. What do you think, Matt?
1: So Elijah Mitchell is going to be out again for the 49ers, um, which... With Mitchell, I think this is a slam dunk. I I don't even think it's a remote possibility that the Titans win. Without Mitchell, you know, it's a little bit harder of a choice. Um, I look at the game they just played last week against Pitt. This is a much better football team than Pittsburgh. You know, they have a good defense, similar rush attack with Bosa in comparison to Watt. You have Fred Warner out there, you know, don't necessarily have the, the secondary Um, elitism that the, uh, the Steelers have but the defense in general I think is similar and i like this offense a lot more for the 49ers than what I liked out of Pittsburgh so I'm gonna take the 49ers this is easy for me at minus three
0: yeah this one's pretty easy too this is actually and for the listeners too we uh we pick every game, but I both of us will suggest like actually bet on this game because I'm not betting on all 16 games. I usually Matt lives in Vegas, so I usually send him a Venmo. Hey, make these picks for me, put the bets in, whatever. Um, this is a game I'm taking. I like the Niners minus three as a pick of the week for me. Um, I have a couple this or a few this week, so um, stay tuned for more. I like the Niners minus three. I think I honestly think it's a little bit of a disrespectful line. Tennessee looks bad. Um, yeah. I think AJ Brown's coming back though, which is why. Uh, The line's a little bit higher. I don't care. Next game, Green Bay Packers at home Christmas Day. For those of you who don't know, that's the team we both root for and love. Um, Rodgers is one touchdown away from breaking Brett Favre's record for most touchdown passes uh, in a career for a Packer. And just in general, the Packers are seven and a half point favorites. Packers are 11 and 3 against the spread the best team in the league against the spread bad beat last week 6 and 0 at home against the spread um Cleveland 7 and 7 on the season must win game or else they're out of the playoffs 3 and 3 on the road ATS taking the Packers
1: Yeah this is a lock of the week for me uh I, I think you know Rodgers coming home he's going to break Favre's record it's going to be a very special moment for him I just don't see Cleveland being able to keep up with Green Bay. I, I realistically think we probably get in the end zone four times, 28 points. Um, I don't think Cleveland can probably score more than 14. And I do expect Cleveland's run game to be heavy in this game. The Packers, you know, have had issues, especially last week against containing that run. But the, the flip side of that is Baker's not a scrambler anymore. right? So you're going to have to just stack that box, make him throw, make him beat you. And I think this Packers defense is going to swallow them up. Um, This is going to be a bad game for the Browns. (laughs) I I really, I really feel bad for those fans. So Packers minus seven and a half lock of the week.
0: Yeah, I'm actually I I rarely do this, but I'm going to take them as a as a lock of the week as well. Uh, The Packers minus seven and a half. Um, I don't love the half point hook there, but I think the Packers. I think they can handle them pretty good. Cleveland can't throw the ball. And I think Huntley is a lot better than myself and you gave him credit for. And that running game is different than the Browns running game. It's going to be a completely different game. Kenny Clark should be back, which will, which makes me very confident about the Packers run defense this weekend. Um, I love Green Bay minus seven and a half. Uh, The night game on Christmas is, I mean, this is, we have some solid games this week. Finally, last week sucked. Um, Indianapolis going to Arizona, Jonathan Taylor and the, and the boys going to play Arizona who has been struggling Arizona. It's basically a pick'em. Arizona is a one point favorite at home. They're two and four at home against the spread this season. The Indianapolis Colts on the road, five in one against the spread. They're one of the hottest teams in football. Um, I'm taking Indy. I love Indy right now.
1: Yeah, this is easy for me as well. It's not a pick of the week because – You never know. Some things could, you never know. Um, I think Taylor has an excellent chance of going for 200 yards in this game. I, and that's not me going out there yeah, and just Arizona's saying, Arizona's you
0: know, run defense is bad.
1: <clears throat> it's bad. He's in a dome, you know. We're, we're, that's that's where he right. plays. So I think the Colts are going to lean on him heavily. Him and Hines, I think, have a good game. And honestly, I think this is a blowout. I, I really Jeez. do. I think the Arizona Cardinals uh, are going to have a real identity crisis after this game if they don't already.
0: I don't know about a blowout. Um, I think it's a field goal game, maybe a touchdown game, but I think Arizona is going to come out and play better. I I believe in Cliff. I believe in Kyler. If they they do get blown out, if they show up the way they did in Detroit um, and their line plays the way it did against Detroit and L.A., because Indy has a very good defensive line, Yes, um man. they're dead their season's yeah. over because they have been exposed obviously we talked about it last time without hopkins they're a completely a different team and you know we'll see i don't think I, I i have faith in arizona still i think they're better than they've been playing maybe they're not maybe they've been fake all along who knows
1: man everything you just said though is the reason i i can foresee a blowout yeah. you know like who is Kyler looking at? Right. It's not even like you can rely on Chase Edmonds and James Conner to control the tempo of this or game. Or A.J. You know,
0: Green. Like, come on, man. Yeah.
1: Darius Leonard's going to be out there playing really <laughs> sure. hard. More on the outside. You know, he's going to shut down any pass game they have. This is going to have to be a Kyler Murray one football game. For sure. And we've seen Kyler. He's making bad mistakes the last few weeks. Big like. time. He's just throwing the ball to the opposite team. Like, there's no way to, there's no other way to put it. For sure.
0: Yeah. 100%. Um, Sunday, moving to the Sunday games. I mean, this is the game of the morning, or well, morning out here in the West Coast, the one o'clock games, Eastern, Buffalo and New England. She's just fucking great game. Opened at a one point game. Now I have the line at New England minus two and a half. Another great game. The only COVID issue is Cole Beasley with Buffalo. So, Uh, Other than that, the quarterbacks will be there. I think everyone's good. So New England lost last week in a heartbreaker to Indianapolis. They are four and three at home against the spread nine and five on the season. Buffalo is eight and six. If they win this game, I'm pretty sure they go to first place. They're in the division. Massive matchup. Um, Bills are four and three on the road against the spread. I'm taking Buffalo. Yeah, so am I. Really?
1: I think this it's a must win game. Um, they're starting to run the football. They are. So they've clearly started listening to our podcast. Hell yeah. And I, I think with what we saw a few weeks ago when they run the ball, they control the tempo, they are a really good football team. So I am going to take the Bills at plus two and a half. Yep.
0: And uh, the... Uh, w- two other things, I guess one is I think Indianapolis exposed a bit of a weakness for New England's offense. You know, not, I didn't think Mac played that bad. He just made two really bad mistakes against Indianapolis this past week. Um, But the other thing too, on top of that is that Buffalo got honestly embarrassed and humiliated the week that they lost to new England two weeks ago. Uh, Jones threw three times, you know, they kind of gave up two massive plays, And Micah Hyde and Poyer were honestly disrespected in their, in their press conference. So I think that energy on top of the way McDermott was coaching last week. And I think they just have a lot more to play for. And I think they're going to come for blood. I think they might actually beat the shit out of the Patriots this week. This was close to a pick of the week, but on the flip side, they could just go air it out 55 times again, not rely on Singletary at all for any balance. And you know, we might be back on the microphones on Monday, just like, why is McDermott here? As we've said, yeah. <laughs> probably three, five times already this season. So yeah. um that, that's that I'm tuning into that game. I can't wait to watch it. Next Agreed. game. Um, This game fucking sucks. Giants at Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a 10 point fucking favorite at home. Um, They had a big win yesterday, you know, Tuesday night um i mean i'm gonna take philly i hope the giants start jake Fromm, but regardless from um or glennon whatever the giants suck they're dead they don't care their team's horrible their culture's terrible i'm not gonna bet on them or pick them this isn't a pick of the week but there's no fucking chance i'm gonna take new the new york giants they're an absolute joke of a franchise right now
1: yeah the last time the eagles played the giants it wasn't good right Um, i don't remember the box score i I think the giants Giants won won the game Yeah, Yeah. um, that was when Rieger
0: decided he forgot how to play football.
1: Yeah, and Hurts had a bad game that game. Um, So I expect a bounce back. We saw some pretty terrible football yesterday in that game. But again, the Eagles are in it. I don't think they make the playoffs. But as I've said before on this podcast, Hurts is fighting for his job every single week next year. And you cannot allow yourself to to lose to the Giants two times because I think that's enough ammunition for the fan base in the front office to right. say we're moving on. <clears throat> so I'm going to take the Eagles minus
0: 10 as well. I don't like this at all, especially with <laughs> no. the history we have this season. No. And uh, I mean, it's a make or, break, make or break for the Philly. If they lose, it's mm-hmm. fucking their season's done. They cannot yeah. lose the rest of the season if they want to make the playoffs. So um, make a statement, see what you got. Next game. Yep. This is a very good game. Interesting game. LA Rams on the road short week in Minnesota Rams are three point favorites. They're three and four against the spread on the road. Minnesota's three and three at home against the spread. Um, The Viking season's on the line. They, um, to say it nicely played like shit Monday night against Chicago. (laughs) They had every opportunity to put that game away. Didn't want to, as far as I'm concerned, I actually just got an update on my phone um, Adam Thielen limited at practice. So that is usually a sign that he's going to play, right? So I'm going to assume Thielen's going to play with that. I'm going to take Minnesota plus the three. Yeah. I think this so is the weekend. Really?
1: Yeah, wow. Absolutely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said Short the same week. if, if Thielen wasn't playing. Um, and there's a few things that I noticed on that, on that game against the Bears, Cook just had a problem getting going. Yeah. And I think with them playing in Minnesota, again, that dome effect, he's probably going to come out and, and play better. Yeah. And even if he doesn't, with Dylan out there, Jefferson's going to have a better game,
0: right? So one of them's going to have a, a make or game. break game. One of them is yeah, it's right. a make break gonna game. Ramsey's going to stop and... one of them or limit one of them, not stop, limit one of them. And uh yeah, I agree. I, I this is a must win yeah. for Minnesota. If they if they're a real team, if they really want to make the playoffs, they have to win. I I think they do. I don't know why. I just have a gut feeling they do.
1: Well, if the Rams come out and play like they did last night, they're in trouble, you know, flat out. Michelle had a great game. That game is a much different game if Michelle's not able to run the football the way he did. And ultimately, I I will bang this drum a million times. If you've only got Cooper Cup out there, and, you know, OBJ (laughs) is sometimes playing well, sometimes not playing well. You know, your run game's questionable. The Vikings have offensive pieces that will perform. You're going to have to keep up with them. For sure. I like this
0: pick yep moving on we've got this game sucks too jesus um tampa is playing carolina carolina has um cam newton is the starter was announced today um talked about it last time news comes out uh yesterday that chris godwin out for the season they're out uh godwin fournette Mike Evans and probably Levante David until playoffs start. Well, Godwin's out for the season, but those other guys are probably out the rest of the regular season. Um, I would assume. Tampa's getting 10 fucking points still. Ten point favorites. They're two and five on the road against the spread this season. Carolina, two and five at home against the spread. My biggest issue here, Matt, this is a lot of points, but dude, Carolina's really bad at football. Mm-hmm. Very bad, very very bad. So, um, I hate this game, but I'm gonna take Tampa. I feel terrible about that pick. I don't. Carolina sucks. They suck. They're awful. <laughs> they're absolutely terrible. Dang, we're uh, we're
1: agreeing big time early here. Yeah, I, I don't care if Tom Brady <laughs> were out and I'm out there kicking the ball to the wide receivers. They're still gonna win. Um, Carolina's so <laughs> bad. I, I have to take the Bucks minus ten here. No choice. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just. God, it feels terrible to do that, too. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: That's how bad they are, though. There's no yeah. way around it. Like <laughs> yeah. feel terrible or not. Like you cannot take Carolina.
0: Here. I know. God, Um talking about feeling bad. Jacksonville traveling mm. to the New York football jets who, um, you know, I've openly on this podcast said I'm going to fade and they fucked me last week. They played pretty good. They don't look that bad. They definitely don't look as bad as Jacksonville. <laughs> this is just a pick them. Who's going to win the game, Matt? I don't even need Jets. to give you the stats because Jets, 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 they're Jets, fucking Jets. all bad. Are I'm you taking the Jets. Jets? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm taking the Jets here.
1: Uh, I do <sighs> think the Jags, after a full week of like non-Urban Meyer, could come out and play well. But I like what I've seen from the Jets more than I like what I've seen from the Jags. Me that, too. It's that simple.
0: Me too. Um, me too. I mean... Mm-hmm. I I don't disagree with you. Um, <laughs> the Jags are two and four on the road against the spread, zero oh and six overall. <laughs> um, Jets are two and five at home, four and ten on the spread of the season. Both teams four and ten on the season. Um, you know, this might cost me the pitcher. I'm gonna take Jacksonville. Let's go. We're, doing, we're going I mean, to pick them. So just straight. It's win just or a lose. pick. Yeah, just win or lose. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, I'll write that down. Jacksonville pick them. Um, you know, maybe Trevor Lawrence will have a little pride, right? And uh, be like, "I'm the number one pick here. You're not." Um, I'm pretty sure. Actually, did I see Salah had um COVID? I feel like Jets might have a COVID thing. And you know, with all these picks, I'm sure some shit is going to happen by the time the game starts, but. I'm just going to not pick the Jets again. So there's that, you know, the Jets. I know my reasoning now, actually, now that I see it visually here in front of me, the Jets have no reason to win. They need to be three and 12. And then they don't have the tiebreaker to Jacksonville. Get a better pick. Boom. win. there it is. That's why
1: the Jags Uh, also have no reason to win here.
0: no, 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 no. That's not true. They're getting buried by everybody. That's why. (laughs) <laughs> um next when, game and wait 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 why are they getting buried because they're terrible <laughs>
1: they're awful <laughs> they had an emotional week last week dude <laughs> fuck okay oh Give join join the raiders man just let's <laughs> make a pity bus and put them all
0: on there <laughs> fuck um next game the detroit lions what i've seen so far is that Goff um has covid but they're gonna keep testing him he's as asymptomatic so this is not a good pick to make here on Wednesday because a lot's going to change. Um, they're in Atlanta. You ready to hear this? Atlanta zero five at home against the spread this season. <laughs> um, they're six and eight. Their season's over after they got embarrassed last week by um, San Francisco our, our Niners. So Detroit five and a half point underdogs. Um, you could just go first. I don't know. This game sucks too. I'm gonna. Fuck, man. This game sucks. I'm
1: going to take the Falcons minus five and a half.
0: Nice. I'm really glad you did because I'm taking the Lions no matter what. Okay. I think they just like, I like Campbell too, you know, and Atlanta doesn't have much to play for anymore. They, uh, you know, they have a worse ATS record. Lions are actually nine and five ATS on the season, uh, four and three on the road. I think they can keep it under a touchdown. Right? Regardless, even if our guy, uh, Tim Boyle is playing, I don't know. This mm-hmm. is a bad just 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 a bad game. Bad game. <laughs> really bad game. Um, I'm taking Detroit. Cool. Next game, the Chargers are in Houston, another pretty bad game. But I was actually reading the tweet while we just took a quick break right there and what did it say it said eight players including austin eckler are positive for covid right now but have not been ruled out of the game this weekend joey bosa is the only player that's been ruled out because i think he is um unvaccinated so he has the automatic 10 days for being exposed so they're out bosa but you know, Houston's not very good. One and six at home on this season, three and four at home against the spread on the season. Chargers are five hundred ATS on the season and four and two on the road. What are you thinking? I'm gonna take the Chargers.
1: Um they should be a layup. I don't care. I don't care if everyone's out. The Texas is bad, you know? Yep. So I'm gonna take the ten. Chargers minus ten.
0: Yeah. I like that. Um I'm gonna go in here with this thinking mindset that they lose a couple guys for COVID. So with that being said, I'm going to take Houston plus the 10. I think Davis Mills has been playing okay. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I'm switching. I just saw Brandon Cooks is out with COVID. <laughs> I'm out on that. Just kidding. Nope. If they were healthy with the COVID chargers coming in, I'd be cool with it. But nope, that that changes everything. He needs Cooks. Yeah. Hmm. Damn. Ooh. This game's really good in the morning, too. Finally, Baltimore traveling to Cincinnati for the division. This game's for the division. End of story. Winner of this game goes to first in the division. And if Cincinnati wins, they have both wins over Baltimore. Baltimore's 1-3 in three against their division on the season. So they really need this win for the tiebreaker and obviously to go into first place. Baltimore is a 2.5-point underdog. This is a 1 o'clock start Eastern. Lamar still isn't practicing. I don't think he's gonna play this weekend, dude. I think he's a lot more hurt than um they've been given off here in Baltimore. Huntley played well against the Packers, but you know, Cincinnati at home. What do you think? Cincinnati at home? I'm gonna take yep. Cincinnati. um they won the last game
1: and Man, I just think Hunley had a great game, but if you got a a couple days of game tape on him, you can can hopefully tighten up some of those holes. And Mm -hmm. I really just didn't like what the Green Bay's defense did. I feel like everything they could have done wrong, they did wrong. Right. And I expect the Bengals to have a little bit of foresight. So I'm going to take the Bengals minus two.
0: Yeah, other thing too, um, I should have brought this up, is Mixon's banged up. Um, He hasn't been practicing yet, but I fully anticipate him to play. If Mixon's out, obviously this is a much different team. Baltimore is just so banged up. I'm going to take Cincy, too. I don't feel good about it just because I like Baltimore, but I'm going to take Cincy minus a two and a half. Next game. Chicago. God, this game sucks, too. Uh, We've moved into the 4 o'clock starts Eastern time here. Chicago is playing... God this game sucks Jesus Christ um Chicago's playing Seattle in Seattle Seattle's minus six and a half point favorites um both these teams don't have anything to play for Seattle's gonna have their first losing season ever under Russell Wilson um they're three and three at home against the spread Chicago is two and five on the road against the spread uh I'm, this isn't a pick of the week by any Stretch of the imagination, you know, they've fucking this game sucks. God, um, but I'm gonna take Seattle, I guess. I don't know. Chicago's terrible. Yeah, I'm taking
1: Seattle as well. They hung in there with LA last night, they're not as bad as their record indicates. Um, and the Bears are terrible. Matt Nagy by the way, still has not been fired, so
0: I was, know. no. Um, they did say on the Monday night broadcast that the Ravens and Chicago are the only two franchises to never fire someone mid season or during the season, not mid season. Um, so it looks like Chicago is going to do that as a Packer fan. If by some miracle, Chicago wins out and they don't fire him. Awesome. (laughs) because you might as well just chalk them up for an under 500 season again (laughs) we'll see I'd, i'd be i'd be beyond shocked well i will go off on this podcast if uh if that happens and i the bears are my least favorite team on the planet so that says a lot next game pittsburgh at kansas city this game should be bad should be very bad but kansas city might be the team ravished the most by COVID. their kicker is guaranteed out this weekend. He's not vaccinated and either tested positive or was exposed. So he's out. Um, uh, what's his name? Travis Kelsey out. Tyreek Hill, probably out. So this game's open at 10 and a half. It's now at seven and a half. The problem is Pittsburgh's offense is so bad. So, so 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 bad. Ben can't move the ball, they can't run the ball with Najee. Um, I don't know, dude. This is a really, really tough game. What do you think here?
1: I'm taking Casey here. I think Mahomes finds a way to to cover the seven and a half. Um, this is I don't like this, but no, the Steelers are bad. Man. They're very Steelers bad. They're bad. So I'm taking Casey minus seven and a half.
0: They're very bad. I'm gonna take it just because it's seven and a half. I think somehow, some way, Pittsburgh finds a way to um get it to seven. I think the biggest issue for Kansas city is the kicker. So they're going to have to go for two every time they score. And I'm going to bank on that Steelers defense to stop them a couple times on these two point conversions. Look for a funky score, man. Well, you and think. I just, they, I don't have
1: time to bring a guy in. I mean, it's, it's Wednesday. You know what I mean? You I can guess, sign a guy yeah. off the street. It, this isn't like the situation where uh, Zane Gonzalez went out for the Panthers last in Warm-ups, right. you know, like you I didn't have that. a choice. So, They'll find somebody off the street. Now, does that mean that they're going to make all three or four of their field goals attempts? No, but at least they can kick the ball.
0: Right. Yeah. You make a valid point there, but I uh, I don't know. I just, I feel bad for Casey, sort of, you know, it just, it sucks. And this is what I'm talking about, with the fraudulent fantasy here, because you got Kelsey, won you the week last week. He might be out like, yeah. that's just, it's brutal. It's brutal. Next game. This is probably the best game of this afternoon slate, the four o'clock slate here. Um, Denver is in Vegas. This is a pick'em. I got him on a pick'em. Denver in Vegas. It's just a pick'em. Both teams seven and seven. Teddy Bridgewater is out for Denver. So Drew Locke will get the start. Um, must win for both teams. What do you think? I'm taking the Broncos. Really? I like
1: the, I like the team better. Um, I'm not a Vegas fan, even though I live here. I mm-hmm. you know have issues with the Raiders did not play well against the Browns. Uh, Broncos have a great running game. They have a really good cornerback in Patrick Sutan, the second or third. <laughs> um, I think this is a very, very hard game for the Raiders, and I think ultimately Denver's defense can probably try to find a way to, to win this game, if not Williams and Gordon.
0: Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, They. Ab- this has to be a Williams and Gordon game. For some reason, I just don't think they'll do that. I also have been on the record here numerous times um, talking a ton of shit on Drew Locke. Uh, I do not believe in him. I do not think he's a good quarterback. I I think he's terrible, to be frank. Um, so I'm taking Vegas. I think Drew Locke will fuck the game up 100%. Next game, Sunday night, Washington. I'm assuming they'll have some of their COVID issues back or better, whatever. Um, They are in Dallas. Dallas is an 11-point favorite against the Washington football team. I have not made too many picks of the week, except for the first two, because there's a lot of tough games out there. I'm going to let you know right now, I'm going to ride with Dallas. Mm-hmm. Pick of the week. They are a very good team. Their offense has not played well, but they... There's no reason they shouldn't blow out Washington. If they don't and they somehow lose, that's on me. That's on them. I love Dallas, minus the 11. Yeah, I'm the same
1: way. I'm not going to pick of the it, but this is Dallas, minus 11 in my, my eyes. Beautiful. Love to hear it.
0: Uh, Monday night, we've got a terrible game. Horrible, actually. We got Miami traveling to New Orleans to play the Saints. Uh, Saints obviously had a massive win. Um, this past week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This over-under is set at 38 and a half. Wow, that's a low number, bro. Saints are minus three-point favorites here. Um, I love the Saints in this matchup. Their defense, I think, is going to give two and the boys a lot of trouble. They're not going to be able to run the ball. They stopped Brady very well, so I would assume they're going to keep that momentum. They still have a shot at the playoffs, so I like New Orleans minus three here. Yeah. Same. Everything you said. I, that's, that's
1: my outlook on it.
0: Yeah. That's really close to a pick of the week for me, honestly. I'm not going to take it, but um, yeah, that's close. I just don't, I mean, I, I kind of hope too proves me wrong here and shows the best game of his career. I just really, you know, I really don't see it happening. So to recap, I have three picks of the week again. I'm just scrolling through one more time. Just double check it and miss one. Yep. So I've got three. One starts tomorrow, Thursday night, the day this episode drops. San Francisco minus three. Packers minus seven and a half. And Cowboys rolling with the two best teams against the spread. What about you?
1: Yeah, I'm going to share two of your picks of the week. I'm going to take the 49ers minus three. I think that's easy. Packers as well. And then I'm actually going to add the Chargers to that minus 10. I think Cook's out. You know, we're talking about it's going to be very hard to move the ball for, for the Texans. Um, and even with Eckler out, Herbert's out there, you know, Williams is out there. So I think 10 is a guaranteed lock.
0: Okay. Um, a couple things for the listener to look out for if, and this is a big, if, if golf plays, I would take Detroit as a pick of the week. If Detroit has golf playing, I think they are locked for the five and a half, uh, 100%. Also, if, um, for some reason we have some sort of outbreak in buffalo i would lean towards new england obviously it just came out cole beasley is the only one who's positive but when one hits it it, the dominoes fall so look at that one i'm not going to say anything there but i think look really closely into that buffalo game because if they have something going on that locker room that should easily be new england and get on the line early before it jumps up to six seven just like any of these any of these other matchups we had a lot that were two three and then jump to ten so if you see one case come out you feel good about the team throw the bed in there you might get a great line that's what i gotta say beautiful well matt hey merry christmas dude merry we christmas. won't be back till after christmas here with the podcast um you're gonna go to wisconsin so safe travels mask up i'm pretty sure i got COVID at the airport that would make the most sense for me when i was traveling so be safe out there hopefully it stays warm um, we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode recapping, hopefully, a full week of football and no more postponements. And follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram at PitcherBetPod. And we hope you guys have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. We'll see you next week. Later.